Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Determination comes in many forms, but always starts with a Dunkin' Run. So take your medium or larger coffee in one hand and grab a dollar donut in the other. No matter how you run, Dunkin' Run. A one dollar donut with any medium or larger coffee. Exclude specialty donuts and fancies. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Hey, welcome along to On My Block, the Green Bay Packer podcast. I'm with my... So, Amon Green, my co-host Mike Wall, man, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good, brother. Man, it was a, I say, a fun weekend, a different weekend, and of course, we'll talk about it and get off my lawn. Uh, all these records being broken because it's an extra week of football. It's like, uh, just think about it for a second and just do the math. You play one extra game, there's most likely going to be records broken. <laughs> it's Sorry. like, like, how is that such a big surprise to people? in the media and all that but celebration oh right yeah it's like, would, oh my god so what are we celebrating exactly? right it's like oh my god they're like oh my god this record is broken it's an extra game what you think is going to happen to the records that the nfl you know players in previous years have done you know around the league around different positions what you think is going to happen when you add an extra season that's what's supposed to happen because players come to play you know, it's like, wait a minute. But anyway, we're here with that going on. Uh, and so we watched. Well, so welcome to the podcast. We watched the Packers go to Detroit and lose, which was, uh, I say, a game. I don't I'm not really surprised only because of what the record and or not the record, the season for the Lions has been like for me watching them play and watching Dan Campbell, you know, be a coach, have to stay strong and take all the flack and but i say if anything the players definitely enjoy him they like him you could tell you could tell there is some connection there so for them to do that and come in and i see this as you know what he probably in the meetings all week we're like you know what they're going to playoffs we're not let's 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 rain on their parade super bowl time man it's a super bowl it's like <laughs> exactly. Carroll says it's a super bowl this week Exactly. With, they're with, they're with, treating listen they're treating that game they're going to build off that game hey it's yep. like we got that last win it's like you can – because this is why it's so hard with sports, right? Because they yep. the outcome is the Packers lost the game to the Lions. The reality is the Packers lost their fourth preseason game of the year to the Lions because we we scored on the first drive. You know, some of the guys go out. We got Josh – we got Myers and Bakhtiari back. He, they play a couple series. You know, right? Aaron Rodgers out at halftime. We get a look at Jordan Love. They're running the ball. We're just trying to run the clock out in the third and fourth quarter. I mean, you see all these things happening, and you're just like – that's the reality of the, of the game, but right. if you're if you're trying to and then look, there's a handful of Lions fans that are like, dude, you just blew the first pick in the draft, right? <laughs> and DC's DC's over. Well, I mean, listen, that's part of the deal. But yeah. DC's over there, like, no, no, we're trying to build a winning culture, right. and you know, the, I think the hard part is like you go to all these different franchises that don't have the bona fide Joe Burrow quarterback, the superstar quarterback, yes. the, the 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 Justin Herbert that we saw yesterday, right? Yep. You don't – I don't even know where they start. Like, to to make you believe that they have something that is going to be – like, I, I was on a Lions podcast last week. I was like, listen, mm-hmm. yeah. you're not winning a championship in the next five years. It's not – everybody – it's not happening. I mean, no. you, might get, you might get to 500. Like, what is – I don't even know what success even looks like, really. Like, but it almost feels like you have to sh- you have to shift your mindset, especially if Aaron Rodgers is in, 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 the, in the North Division for the 
for the rest of uh, you know the rest of his career. Exactly. Like your, your definition of success, unfortunately, probably has to has to change a little bit. But you know, kudos to them for winning the fourth preseason game. Yeah, exactly. I say definition of success has to turn into for one just winning games because that's a that's the problem. Obviously, right. before they could even say, okay, let's win, let's win, let's get into the playoffs, let's win the division, let's win games first, because they only win three games this season, you know, and so that is just a culture of a mindset that has to be built over time, and we both know that takes time to build a mindset of accountability, integrity, and I say um, all the big other big words that you described, teamwork coming together, and then everybody understanding their role. And so that's a big concept there. And so something I say that the Packers basically have in line and they have the talent on top of that. Um, yeah. and, and I say little tidbits from the first, you know, from the first half of the game, because really the first half I watched that. And then I kind of because I know Jordan Love, I knew he's going to have a rough go because he hasn't had a lot of experience. So I watched for what he did and what Taylor did. We'll talk about him a little bit later. But watching the run game and watching the pass game with Aaron, Devontae, everything was was functioning as normal. Coming out, yeah. coming out the start of the game, they score, um, get other people in the game in terms of the run game. Um, AJ Dillon has, a, I say, he has a great, pretty good day. I say up until this game, the last couple of weeks, I noticed they've been, uh, I say, defensively penetrating D line, knowing that he's a big back. Because I remember, I only brought this, up, I bring this up because me being a running back, I remember defense alignment and even linebackers whispering to me, "Hey, we got to, you know, I could hear them call, talking." And we got to slow him down a little bit before he gets to the second level. And so them getting that penetration, making A.J. Dillon stop his feet, his momentum has stopped. And now he's a lot easier to tackle and slow down. So for Aaron, I say for A.J. moving forward as a coach, I'll be like, hey, keep your feet moving. Regardless if maybe you got to run up the lineman's back, but don't let that D lineman slow you down because they're just trying to run interference on your footwork and your timing with the blocks to get to the hole. And so I remember Sylvester Crooms, EB, bring that up to me all the time. So those times I ran up your back, it was like, you know what? Let me just run. Don't let them slow my momentum down because then something still can break away and happen. So that part for myself and then Taylor, too, coming in in the fourth, third and fourth quarter, basically the second half of the preseason game. I like him a lot. He's a back yeah. that is, he's young. He he's, actually, he's a big kid. He's like 6'2", 217. That's a good size running back right there. And so and he has that innate ability to hit the hole, have the quickness to then hit it and then get through the hole, you know, in terms of the run fits when the lineman gets to the block, but then also have that acceleration when that block is happening to get past it and get to the next level. So that's one thing I like about Taylor and what he's done, what he did with his awareness on that football field in the game yesterday. Yeah, I thought Taylor looked great. And, and you know, to your point, AG, you know, if you're running up my back, that means I'm not doing my job, right? And so when, when you start talking about AJ Dillon, maybe, hey, keep moving your feet when they're getting penetration, they shouldn't get penetration. Like that's a problem. That's what you know, listen in in offensive line rooms. And I, mm -hmm. I believe this when I was playing because I know how difficult it is. But now on the outside of it, you always want to win. But we think of as a stalemate. Like in other words, if we have a stalemate at the line of scrimmage, the tie goes to the offensive lineman. Right. But if you're getting penetration in our backfield and you're causing us to cut, because what is a running back? you know, in these situations, either wants to go straight downhill or one cut, right? We're not, he's not Correct. there to dance. Nope. But if you force him to either dance or cut early because you're getting penetration in the backfield and you make him change direction, that is a lot of human that you have to now make a 90 degree turn and go the other way. It's just mm -hmm. not conducive for AJ Dillon to have to make sharp cuts in the backfield that slow his momentum. And so right. we just have to do a really good job, I think, as an offensive line, as tight ends, and everybody who's involved, Lazard, of making sure that we don't give up penetration because we've proven if we stalemate or get that movement with our double teams, which we've been really good at, mm -hmm. then we have a lot of success in the running game. We just have to continue to, to apply that pressure and maintain the status quo that we've really had for the entire season, especially building up these last couple of weeks, I think, feel really good about where we're at with those situations. Yesterday, we'll talk about entrenched warfare. Yeah. Yesterday, did everybody come to play like that was the NFC Championship game? Probably not. For the Packers, no. The, the Lions, yeah, they came. They came to play. You know, um, they they were doing things. Obviously, effort. I say more effort out of them. And this that uh, what we say. We used to say this all the time. The the sense of urgency. Yes, they had that sense of urgency, and this is something that. Obviously, looking at the big picture, you can't just do this one game a year or two games a year. You got to do this for every game. You got to have that sense of urgency 
right there. So just having it, obviously having it for the Packers, having it a rival game and having a divisional win at the end of your season, even though the East overall season, obviously, like we already talked about, it's not good. But you, they had that. They had that more than the Packers because obviously what the Packers know already know. They're, they're in the playoffs. They just yeah. had to make sure that, you know, i.e., David Bakatari has some good snaps. He looked good. You know, he he looked like the Pro Bowl tackle that we've been waiting to see all season. So that first drive, like we mentioned, they come out of it, they get the ball, they go down the field, they score two touchdowns. That's all Matt needed to see, you know, for him and his first team offense and some of the starters on defense. Yeah. And, and listen, we're, when we come out of a game like this and you just start going, okay, what did you like? What are, do we still have the same concerns mm-hmm. going in, go that we had going in the entire season? Because, a lot, like, to your point, the sense of urgency. The Lions are the kind of team that are going to lose a ton of games because they don't have very much talent. Mm-hmm. But they also have a, a coach that they're, they're willing – and, you know, I don't know if if you're – I've never subscribed to the idea that I'm willing to play for this coach more than that coach. Like, like I've never subscribed to the idea that my effort's going to change because Dan Campbell's my coach versus, you know, Matt Patricia. You know, although I heard some bad things about Matt Patricia. But anyways right. – but you know what I mean? Like I, you never yeah. subscribe to that. So I don't really know how valid that is, but you do know that they're going to, they're, they're going to be game for every situation, especially when you're playing a divisional opponent, like they're going to be up yeah. for the game. They're going to be ready. It's not a salvage of their season, but certainly it's something, it's something that they can go into the, the off season and feel good about. Like you feel much better winning your last game during the season than losing. If you're going out of the playoffs regardless. Yeah. So you have to be happy with that. If you're, if you're a Lions guy, you know, I always think like now that I watch it, from from our perspective, I always wonder like what kind of message are you sending your team when you're you're like your offense is generated on trick plays, you're trying fake punts. Like if you're doing that all the time, maybe it's a staple of your offense and it just becomes you become a trick play offense. I don't know. But like it it for me it always seemed it always like sends this message like, okay, we know we're not good enough. So we have to manufacture these points. We have to manufacture them because we're just not good enough to do anything. And that like for, as an individual or as a group, like I think that hurts, like that really hurts egos. Right. And it might be true. And you might have to deal with that reality, but that's, that's a tough thing I think to absorb as a, as a, as a, as an individual player, as a, as a group of players, whether you're talking about offensive line, running backs, et cetera. So that's always something that like I look for in the off season as a motivation, like, okay, I need to be good enough mm-hmm. where we can run our stuff and score points. I don't need to manufacture all of these points by like fake plays and trick plays and, all this right. nonsense, right? No, I agree. You know, to do something, basically go down the playbook, which we know there's a ton of plays in the playbook, from the formations to the personnel, switching out that, and that's kind of what they did. They just took those two class plays that were the flea flickers and changed. It was the same play. They just changed right. the personnel. They put the – on the first one was the wide receiver who caught – or the running back out of the backfield who caught the big uh, 85-yard touchdown pass. Um, and then the second one was the same formation, same play. They just put now the t- the blocking tight end on the play side as the open and be, that became the open receiver for the big fifty yard touchdown run to uh, then put their uh, team in, in in I say good scoring position against the Packers. So yeah, to me I agree. Like I said, it just it just shows you okay, okay, we we know what we got. This is what we could do. Um, and so trying to figure that part out there. Um, but then talking talk. Well, I was gonna say this is the thing for the secondary too, though, right? Because right. Right. If you look at our team, what is the where is the number one kind of source of anxiety for take it off special teams, but offense and defense, like I feel really good about our I, I don't think there's mm-hmm. anywhere where I don't feel good on our offense, no. especially with with Bakhtiari coming back. Josh Myers is a huge upgrade. Like yep. if he's coming back, I feel good about everything. Everyone's healthy. Aaron Jones is gonna be healthy. Defensive line's been playing really well, right? I don't yep. think they played well yesterday. We'll get into it, but they they they've been playing really well. It's really it, Devontae Campbell's been amazing. He didn't play yesterday. We missed yep, him. They let him rest. But you start looking at our secondary, it's like, okay, so now you're giving up all these trick plays. That's that's breakdown in the secondary. That's not paying. First it's just focusing on concentration. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah we're, we're missing. We're still taking bad – Savage still taking bad angles on tackles. Like, this stuff does come up if you don't address it. It does come up, and now it's going to come up in the playoffs. And that's where, I like, for mm-hmm. me, you see, you, you're going like, all right, Mike, we have a bye week. Let's, let's just address some of these things, like – Goff played pretty well yesterday, yeah. you know, and that's probably because we didn't pressure him with four like we usually do. The Lions have a really good offensive line, but mm-hmm. we didn't pressure him like we probably expected to. And and that has con- – like all these things have consequences, right? So you just got to – this is just one of those games where hopefully they they put enough effort into it where it where they can take something out of it. 
Right, right. And you mentioned Savage, and this is the second time we mentioned his name because of failure to track the player that he's covering, the failure to know his body position in defensive backfield. You know, like in last week's game against Cleveland or a couple weeks ago against Cleveland, it was his body position in the end zone where he was hyper focused on the quarterback and not paying attention to wide receiver, one of them that he was responsible for. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, missed tackles, just not getting the right position. So it's just a thing of making sure I say as a coaching staff, going into the playoffs, get back to fundamentals for this bye week. You know, do your usual thing, game plan, short yardage, red zone, two minute, but then get to the fundamentals to where now guys are getting back to, you know, foundation of what why we are defensive players, basically, to uh, score points. I mean, I mean, get tackles and keep an um, offense from getting in, uh, in the end zone. So I know from the start of the game for the Detroit's defense, their secondary came out um, yeah. and was was playing – you know, one-on-one coverage, tight coverage, making it not easy for Aaron to get the ball in there. He actually eventually did his thing because he knows how to work a defense, read a defense. But still, that secondary played a lot better. And uh, defensive line also working in, in unison, putting that pressure on Aaron to hold the ball a little longer to make things, you know, make him kind of read that pocket or read the uh, defensive back a little bit more. Yeah, I, th- I think they did a good job of covering our guys up. And you saw – you know, credit to our offensive line, though. We held up really well. Listen, the, the, we, well, we can beat a dead horse, but the Detroit Lions don't have a lot of talent. Yeah. Right? They have <laughs> NFL players that can beat anybody on a given day. But sure. when you measure, like, our strength versus their strength on the offensive defensive line, the expectation is that we should win 10 times out of 10, right? So, mm-hmm. so while the secondary did a good job, you know, eventually Rodgers has time. When he has time, you know he's going to pick you apart. He's just a, he's a very, very special player. And – for me, again, just the ability, this is why we talked about it, it's so critical to have the Detroit Lions game this week. And then now next week, like you're talking about, having that kind of fundamental week yeah. is so critical. Because now you think about it, Bakhtiari's back. That's, That's that is so big because how did we lose last year to, in Tampa? He got hurt. That's why we lost that game. right? We can point to a bunch of other stuff. JPP killed us, right? <laughs> yes, he did. I mean, he did. He did. He, Along with Sue so and that, everybody you else. Got Myers. Yeah. Myers is an absolute unit. I know he's a rookie. He is right. a monster upgrade, right? And he's now whether they move yes. Patrick over, or they keep Newman in there. I like the way Patrick plays. Like he's super physical. He's good for he's good in cold weather. He travels well. And that's like in those situations, as far as you want a guy like Nair's gonna be super physical during the course of the game, even if it that means it might cost him a, a play here and a mm-hmm. play there, just from a physical standpoint. But having Myers back, having Bakhtiari back. Get in that extra time with with guys like Savage, making sure your eye discipline's right. That all that stuff is so. That's why it's so great that you had this game. Yes. And we don't really have to hyper focus on, but we can focus on the things we need to work on and now take it to the next week. You're you're absolutely right and spot on with with your assessment. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I'm doing all weekend meetings. I was like, hey, look at this. We missed this. Da, 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 little this little thing. And of course, that's what we. That's what as coaches we annoy our players or or we had coaches that annoyed us. But it was a reminder, <laughs> and it just we had to have that. And you had one of the coaches that did that, Larry Bechter. I remember, oh, my God, he would drive y'all nuts in, in the meeting room there. But uh, get off, uh, get back on track, though. But a guy who stepped up um, um, for the Packers offense uh, from the wide receiver position and also getting personnel details, so putting him in a different position to outmatch um, one of the Ricky linebackers for Detroit was Lazard just coming in again. And in the last two weeks, he showed up. He has popped out on the field from the Packers offense, along with Devontae to let, let people know that he's on the radar. Yeah. I, I love the way that they're getting him involved. He's definitely becoming a strong number two. We just have weapons now everywhere. You see, we, we joked about it last week with DeGuar mm-hmm. took the five yard like tight end screen. Now he right. takes one for like 84 yards or right. 74 yards. Some ridiculous thing. Like, kids got some wheels yep. and it's just, you listen, these are, when I watch this stuff, and like you, I know you have to hold yourself to a high standard because you have Aaron Rodgers, but I just keep thinking, like, man, they're they're well coached. Like they're mm-hmm. like some of these kids are coming along. Dewar is not great in the run game, but he's he's better than a pass catching tight end, right? Like he right. he kind of showed yesterday. Oh, you can catch passes, you can go to the house, and you can like your game for the run. Like yeah, he that's you're a value now to this. You're a value add to this team. You're not just the guy that's filling in. You're the guy that's adding value, and so. All of that stuff's positive as as we continue to go towards this uh, towards this playoff push and and maybe the only thing like I I, I made a note is 
knowing what you see Jordan Love play, yeah. and he could be a great quarterback in time, but I'm just going to put it out there. Like, you see what happens, and we're playing against the Detroit Lions and everything. Exactly. But, but you, you just go, man – Aaron, what stake of the Green Bay Packers do you want for the next four years? Like, I will give you whatever you want to please, please stay here. Like, do you, yeah. you want to bring, do you have any other best friends you want to bring back? Like, just stay. Not because, not because Jordan Love's not going to be a great quarterback and not because he was bad yesterday, but because it's not like the drop off between Aaron and everybody it's else. Big it right just kind of reminds you like, oh, he's, he's actually the best there is. And then there's everybody else down here. I mean, Tom Brady and, and Mahomes are kind of in here somewhere. Right. Herbert might be after last night. But Aaron Rodgers is so much better than whatever else you're going to bring in here. This isn't like Brett going – this is not This is not Brett for Aaron. Like, this is this is not that. It's nah. different, right? It is. It's, it's a whole different world because, as you saw, I'll say with the stats, he was a 10 for 17. He had a touchdown and two picks. And just for – you know, I had people texting me all night, you know, hey, man, what you think how Jordan's going to do in the second half? I'm like, look, he's he's going to do the best he can because he's in, inexperienced. And regardless of what defense is out there, it's an NFL defense. They know how to disguise things. Players know things a lot better than a first-year rookie corner, a first-year rookie safety plan. And they have veterans out there, even though they're not the best overall defense because of rankings in the NFL. But that's the NFL defense. So he's going to struggle. Um, which he did, and he still has that developed that part of it. And with Degoria, he has the build of a a blocking tight end. But then obviously he, he was able to show his his wills out there today. But yeah, I, I definitely or yesterday. But I definitely agree that uh, they got a yeah. Hey, what you need? Well, what you need, Aaron? <laughs> we, we, we we it is a drop off between uh between Love right now. But he just him getting time. It's just what every quarterback that has to basically go in the incubator or has to bake for another couple years to really get it because as we know as players playing running back playing offensive line we know there's so many layers to our positions and there's so many extra layers to the quarterback position that that they got to get ready for game by game you know at this level and to play the best yep so on that note let's take it into trench warfare we already talked about the one of the best tackles in the league so passing off to you mike to get into talking about david bucatari yeah, so I think Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari, he, excuse but, me. Yeah, so but, but besides the the promo video that he did, that I it was all over social media yesterday. It was, <laughs> I don't. I mean, like these guys are the same guys that did like Pitch Perfect and stuff. This is this is a oh, different group, right? Yeah, like, like they they've got phenomenal personality, man. Bakhtiari is no different. Would y'all could do that the, though? Could you what's and Faust? Could you and the, uh, our crew? Because y'all could have pulled that one off. It would have been. I think the movie selection would have been different, but yeah, we would have loved that. Like we were just, you know, I, yeah. we we were behind the times and ahead of our time, or whatever the you know, whatever it is. But so, but but Bakhtiari is he is the definition Oof. of being just really really good at the fundamentals of his position. Like he is yeah. so good at pass blocking. He is he has great hip hinge. His yep. footwork, like his stance and everything, everyone looks different. But when he just kind of gets his initial footwork and he settles, his footwork is incredible. His hands are inside. I mean, he is so so special at that job. He's just a, he's just a complete master of his craft, and you can tell he's just one of those guys. Like we talk about all the time, like he doesn't have to manufacture emotion. He just knows that he works hard, kicks ass, and loves doing both. Right? I just I just exactly. love the way he plays. He's such a boost, not only for what he brings as far as physical presence, but just the just his emotional like his human presence spirit animal like his his energy yeah. his confidence everything that it adds to from a football perspective for the rest of that line for the rest of that offense he's he's just he's an absolute stud man he's teach tape his run his run All tape will get better you got to get a little bit lower in the run game sometimes yeah, part of the he's... penetration stuff you're talking about is that but yep. it you know when you have that guy over there he he I, he's just really really special man. i mean and we talked about it before Myers coming yep. in. I just think he's going to be a unit in this in this league for a long time. He's going to be an All Pro. He's 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 Corey Lindsay 2.0. He's going to be underrated for a couple of years, and they realize how good yeah. he is, and then they'll be able to go give let him like leave for a time. Yeah, yeah, that part is happening now. I could tell. Yeah, right. So I, I just hope he. I hope he's 100 by the time we get to the playoffs, and and then you know the question is obviously like who you're going to play where, but you know, I don't know if you have thoughts on, on Newman versus Patrick, but I'm just thrilled <laughs> those guys are back, man, because I think they're really special. Yeah, I'm just happy that they have these guys back because obviously Newman and, and Patrick are 
I say the weaker ones, the weaker links anyway, just from experience and from that standpoint. But I had to spend, I, I, I basically had the time to spend with Dave, his rookie year, him and his rookie year was Eddie Lacy's rookie year. So I did mm-hmm. a coaching internship there that year. And I remember that that was 2013 training camp. And I remember between watching Eddie and watching David, the rookies, those two rookies the same year, I just, within three practices, I was like, Eddie's going to have a good year. I said this to myself, Eddie's going to have a good year. And I said, David Bukatar is going to be the starter on the right, on the left side. He's going to, and then boom, it happened. Cause I just saw things that we know as players, when we see certain positions, we know when we look at them in five or 10 minutes, we know, okay, this player can do it. And I'm like, wow, flexibility, athletic, athletic ability, and just having that confidence. Like you said, his spirit, it's that confidence of knowing when I'm in my stance, I'm ready to go. And now yeah. once I put my hands on you, it's game over. He he just had that about him. He wasn't cocky. He, you know, he was a rookie. He didn't overstep his boundaries. He kept he stayed right in his space. But when it came to one on one drills with the D lineman, when it came on, move the ball with the offensive line. When he went in there, eventually you saw him going from the second team. He wasn't on the second team very long, maybe a week. And then he was on the first team right away. And he was doing, and this is when they still had Josh Sitton, who was a pretty good guard here. You know, he had those guys and making those guys, it was just like, to me, it was like, I need to run. I would have loved running behind him. <laughs> it was Yeah, he's like, he moments. reminds me of Chad and his demeanor a little bit. He's just kind of like, yeah, I'm, he knows he's good. Yeah. You know I mean, just like Chad, like Chad Clifton just knew he was yeah. a little bit better than everybody else. Like he just kind of knew it. Right. And, yeah. and he has that, Bakhtiari seemed to have that confidence about him as well. It's, it's, it's certainly, it's fun to watch. And you flip it to the other side of the ball. The Lions have a so the Lions have an incredible offensive line actually. Yeah, They're they really really good. They're super well coached. They have a Hank Fraley who used to be an old Cleveland Browns center. He was like an All Pro. Um, he was like the worst bodied All Pro you'd ever see. He had bad body. Oh, he was like Tosh. He was like Mark well, Tosh. Okay, yeah, but yeah, so he was an All. Yeah, well, anyways, yeah. But, but Tosh is actually another guy you could talk about when he showed up because you didn't think anything, and all of a sudden you're like, oh shoot, he's not he's losing. Like, like he's, he's never like, losing. Wait a he, was, he was the same. He was the same. Yeah, like he, I remember he beat, I think it was Vonnie Holiday. I, he might have got Vonnie Holiday cut, man, because like he beat Vonnie every single one on one for like the entire training camp. It was right. Nuts, but he was special. But, but so they were missing uh, their all pro center, Frank Ragnar, who's a really, really good player. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they have the, and they're, and they're also missing uh, Sewell, who's their first round pick, who's, you know, not a great player yet, but he's going to be a physical presence in this league for sure. Mm-hmm. Had their t- left tackle back. They have a really well-coached offensive line. They they held on to Fraley from last year because I think I was told that, like, Frank Ragnow and another guy went and beat on the door of the general managers. Like, you cannot get rid of this coach. He's that good. Oh, so wow. They're, they're a really good team. Oh, really they listen. Unit, but then you see what happens is, like, okay, so Ragnow goes down. So then they got uh, the guy named Evan Brown in. And then Evan Brown goes down, and they got mm-hmm. this guy. He's a rookie, Ryan McCullum, playing. And, dude. Mean Dean Lowry was he just abused him. his lunch. <laughs> yes. Like Mean Dean was like, oh man, can we play this 17 more times? Like we how many how many snaps can I get today? He was right. killing him. But on the other hand, I think they played right. great. I think their offensive line generally played very well. That's why Goff had such a good game. You can yep, tell that we're missing Devonder Campbell not playing yesterday. Like yeah, that was it's a big one of difference. Things you don't notice, then all of a sudden you're like, dude, why are so they're make why are they moving the ball so well? It's like right. okay, they had a couple of trick plays, but Goff had one of his better performances since since his injury. And the reason probably is what those like those those middle of the field plays are open. Mm-hmm. Vonner Campbell's not there. And then dude, he's he had time. Like I know we yeah. got to him a couple of times, but he had That's time. Tough. They played well. And and this is one of those concerns, right? Going into the playoffs yeah. is like yes. not a concern, concern, but like you can't play cover two. If you can't tackle in the backfield in the, in no. the secondary and you and you can't get home with four, that's those become the, that's a problem. The, kind of the pressure points. And yeah. So yeah, you saw the run game. You see Devon was it DeAndre Swift get to the edge in the fourth quarter, and regardless of the player, guy, huh? do you like right. him? Yeah, I like him. I like the speed aspect of what he can do. You know, and and you can bounce him around, and he has the the tough running um inside ability as well. He drop he will drop his shoulder pad as we saw with Taylor too on the Packers run game with the second half of the second, you know, I say second team in, but, uh, but yeah, with Campbell being out, that's where the run game was able to then balance out the, the uh, I say the, the, the um, blah, Lions offense along with the Packers defense, because balancing out because Jared Goff got on his rhythm, but then the run game, Jamal Williams and Swift are picking up yards, you know, back and forth. So, you know, with the, 
offensive line matching up with the defensive line. First half, it was dominated like the, by the Packers on defensive line, but then second half, things changed a little bit with the starters, and then we saw what the Detroit Lions offense could do um, with the, the defensive line. That's the second, you know, second team basically. Which is always kind of tough to remember, right? You're watching the yeah. game, you're trying to do some like analysis and think about things, and you're like, I bottom line, like I feel great about our offensive line right now. Right. Great about our offense. I feel pretty good about our defense. I wish I wish that we we track better and you know get some eye discipline and secondary stuff. I know I don't yep. know personally, but I, I I have an idea of how hard that position is, right? So we we like sometimes when we criticize, like we were players too. Like we know, like I can't tell you, I screwed up numerous right that i can remember in my career right but that's what made us better though we right we but took yeah, those. Just, like we're just here to point some stuff out you know but right this 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 is a tough business for sure but i, I feel really good about this this team going in and let's see what happens yeah it's ready to go we got they got this bye week coming up and then we could what for us we get to enjoy all the football coming up this weekend they got monday night football got i got a thing so let's start off with get off my lawn get got off some my nonsense. lawn and we got the Black Friday, Black Monday. We got Black Fridays for how you know the holidays and Christmas shopping. But then yeah, NFL that is way. that no, Black this, Monday this holiday, <laughs> right? That Black Monday, that first day after the regular season is done, and it's like, uh oh, what's going on? And as we know, if you go on all the websites right now, you see about a hand, a good handful of coaches and GMs. Actually, one GM for sure is gone. Yeah you know, right now. So I'll say, I'll say the names and I'll let you get started. So Flores out of Miami's gone. Nagy and Ryan Pace out of Chicago gone. Mike Zimmer in Minnesota gone. Uh, Vic Fangio out in Denver gone. Uh, Urban Myers, he's been gone for already before this regular season ended three weeks ago. He's gone. And uh, of course, John Gruden or um, yeah, Gruden out in Oakland. He resigned probably about two months ago now from the first part of the Raiders season there. So let you go off with the first one, judging the first year coaches. How well, let's let's start with this, right? Yeah. I don't think that you you kind of have to take Staley out of it because Staley has Justin Herbert, right? And Justin Herbert's like yes. a generational talent. We saw him last night. He's special, correct? And I think Staley's a phenomenal coach. If you remove that, who's done a better job than Dan Campbell? Mm, right. You know, I know they didn't win a lot of games, but you think about what he's up against structurally yes ownership organization decades decades of, of, of bad problems. football <laughs> the two best players in the history of their organization retired early because they didn't want anything to do with them so exactly you know it, it's not about wins and losses right now i think for some of these teams but you also have to look at what direction are you headed in and I, you know, for me, I just like the way, even, even if it's very, I, again, you and I can't understand, like, I don't play harder for another co one coach than the other, because I'm playing, mm -hmm. I'm playing hard because my name's on the back of the damn jersey. Exactly. Like, I don't it's understand, pride. What, I don't understand pride what you're thing. talking about. Exactly. Right? But, but putting, like, listen, you want to get full buy-in from, from your players, mm -hmm. invest in your players, invest in your players' development so they can be the most successful that they feel they can be. So you're you are setting their ceiling as high as you as they can set it. If you do yep. that, if you promise to do that and demonstrate through your actions that you're doing that, you're gonna get buy-in. You're gonna get the best of those guys. They might dig a little deeper, or yep. they might not make a mistake they might have made with another coach who didn't invest in them. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's an effort what'll, mistake. That's what'll, yeah, and that's what we'll we'll kind of see. But what I don't want to see, you see all these names getting fired, man. And I want to talk about Flores for a minute because I think that's ridiculous. I'll talk to him yeah. in a second. Yeah, you were there, right? Were you there with no, him? No, so I wasn't there with him. Okay. But okay. listen, I know enough people in that building. First of all, the record speaks for itself. Okay? Right. Now, now, what happens in that situation, you, you kind of look at he's a defensive coach, Patriot guy. Yep. They have done exceptional on their defense, right? And they do not. If you look at their right. roster, dude, they do not have a lot of talent. They got two no, great they corners. They have two great corners. Mostly right? defense, right? Right. They have no offensive line. I mean, they haven't drafted very well. They got a tight end who's just a, a receiver. You know, they they have uh, Jalen Waddle has been incredible. I think they still have uh, Albert uh, from uh, from Kansas City. Devontae Parker. He's a, he's yeah, a real yeah. talent. Devon, Devontae Parker is a first round draft pick who. Right, right. It hasn't hasn't certainly <laughs> hasn't not really. a pro bowler. Has certainly right. not a pro bowler, right? Yeah. But here's what happens in, in, in NFL fans like 
Like, understand when you draft to a tongue of Iowa, yeah, okay, and he has injury history and, he, and he's a left handed quarterback, he has kind of a weird throwing motion, but he's a good athlete, and blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah. And you go through this process, he's hurt a lot, he hasn't been the most productive. Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of mentored him and also had to step in and and, and play for him when they didn't feel like he was ready. Mm-hmm. There's been all these red flags, like. Brian Flores must really not love this guy, right? And I don't know if he loved him when they drafted him, but right. certainly just with the fact that Fitzpatrick would come in and finish games, it's it, like that tells you something. Yeah, I remember those years, his first couple, and, his first year. And what yeah. happens is when you get to this stage and you're not sold that your third-year quarterback is your franchise quarterback yeah, and your general manager – and your owner are saying, oh, he's our franchise quarterback. Something's got to give, man. And yeah. it sucks because I'm telling you right now, just from – and I don't know Brian Flores, right? I right. know Brian as far as I, I have a ton of people in the building. I know what people think of him. I know what kind of professional he, he's been to these players, to these coaching staff, to the administration. You're not going to find a better hire. Who are you going to bring in that's better than him? Does no. he need to fix something on his offensive staff so they don't have two playbooks or two play callers? Yes. Maybe. Yeah. That's who are you going to get much. better than that? You know what I mean? Right and, now. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and Steven Ross is a is a genius, a successful real estate magnate. He's had all the success. But you go, okay, you fired uh, you fired Joe after after three. Then you then you you had let Mike Tannenbaum in the building, so he hires Adam Gase. You fire both of them after three, right? You keep Chris, and you hire Flores, and he has a winning record over the last two seasons. And you fire him, and so now you got a, and so now unfortunately, and I don't know to it. I think two would be a really good quarterback in this league with the right coaching system, yeah. etc. Situation, yeah. but now you've put him in this situation that Tannehill was in where it's like you're in a spot where you are now directly or indirectly involved with multiple or at least one coaching staff being fired. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that uh, that's not a good way to continue developing your quarterback. You understand what I mean? Yep. It's a, that mm-hmm. is a real difficult thing to overcome. And what you saw with Ryan Tannehill was eventually they had to, you let him go. And he went somewhere else, and now he's flourishing. New contract, playing well. First, you know, uh, first, first round buy this year. I mean, been to the Pro Bowl. I mean, yep. but you need sometimes you need to change the scenery. And my concern is because I still you, know, you got people that you, could, you you care about in that organization. Mm-hmm. It's like All right. you've done this three times now. That's not good. And you're in a position where this could be the second time round where you're going to do the same thing with a quarterback. It's a real issue because you because. History is repeating itself, and we we kind of know how this goes already, mm-hmm. right? It's just, it just it sucks to see, man. Yeah, because the development gets stunted, as you mentioned, with the with the players being there, because the players don't go nowhere, you know, sure. unless they you know something that has injuries or something. But you got new players or new coaches coming in, so now that player has to unlearn what he just learned, and now got relearn this new stuff. So now you got a year of progressing through that and see how far you can go with that, or how quick. You can learn and, and develop the new coaching staff uh, theme of uh, schemes offensively and defensively, basically. And and the other thing is too, like you can go down, you start looking at who are the hot trending, you know, NFL coaching potential hires. You know, they have some, they have some like I don't know if it's Corn Ferry or somebody like puts together a committee, and then the committee goes, "Oh, we should hire these six people." It's like it's a company, I know. Yeah, you well, it, but I think they also have another thing inside the NFL where like these are the names of the people you should hire, right? Yeah. And you can go down these different lists. It might be this and that. And they might all be viable. They might not. But are we going to see some some guys that have not had success get new jo- get the same jobs in this league instead of uh, like allowing a new coach with a new perspective, a new philosophy, maybe from college? Dude, I'm going to tell you the truth. Someone should be required to hire a high school coach this year. I know that sounds – everyone's going to say that sounds stupid. I agree with you. National champion <laughs> high school coaches – like Butch Goncharoff, like yeah. uh, like Matt Logan down at Centennial in, in Riverside, in, in uh, Centennial Corona in Riverside, California. Right. Those guys could run an NFL program, and they could run Easy. it really, really well. Really good. And and it just blows my mind that the same people, like you do a bad job, you go get fired, 
you get hired by your buddy, you do a bad job again. And it just goes over and over. And I'm not saying there's some really good coaches in this league. There's some good coaches that have bad owners. There's some great coaches that have bad quarterbacks. And sometimes it's a results-oriented league. So you just go, hey, good coach gets fired, good guy gets fired because he didn't, he couldn't quite get it done. That's the rules of the game. But, right. God sakes, man, like it's some of this stuff, you can't keep repeating history. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, that's mean. That means nobody's. They're not. They're not learning from the history, basically, of what's going on in the organization. You would think Detroit. You would think. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, shoot. Well, for one, Detroit. Uh, yeah. that they will figure this out. Okay, you have Barry Sanders. Then ten years after Barry Sanders, you have you have uh, Calvin Johnson do the same thing. It's like, how do you figure that you let the football coaching let the coaches do that, and then the business side do the business side? Because I've heard the same thing that you heard from uh, any player that's played at Detroit is just not a bad situation for a player or a coach to go there and try to play. They had to, you know, work through the, the white noise with that white noise being the, uh, been, you know, business people, the, the owners, the Ford family that is causing the issues there of, I say, leaking in some of their practices from the car industry, which obviously that is not football. So you, you can't do that. You know, that it leaves it there. And like I said, the players then are lost in, uh, translation of what playbook they're learning year over year, which is not a fun thing as well. But then also, so moving on into uh, get off my line. Okay. We got what? 18 weeks of football. 18 Mike, weeks. what did you, what did you think was going to happen in the week 18 in terms of all these records? Yeah. They're right. Gonna, we're going to break all these records. They're going to get broken. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> this, it's insane to me. And my, I would just propose that we just start a new record book because I feel like, I feel like um, it doesn't we just sense. speak everything to existence anyways, right? But like when they right. when they had a 14-game season or or sometimes like sack records, they'll be like, uh, well, we didn't start counting sacks until like 1982 or whatever. It's like right. you could go back and do it, but you know it doesn't really, you know, because, you know, whether it was um, uh, some, of, some of the great defensive ends in history might have had more sacks than some True. of these guys do now. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Tuzal Jones and whatnot, but – Unfortunately, when you change the parameters, right, then the records yeah. don't mean the same things. Let's just call them something different. Like, I don't yeah. know if you need an asterisk, you just rewrite the record book. Or, you know, I, I don't know how to do it, but. Right. It's when... a way. What's that? It's a, it's a way you do it, though. It, it's somewhere out there. They know. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and I, listen, I, it's probably not a big deal, but again, like we're, you know, we, we played in a, a 16 game regular season. So yeah. guys that did something amazing in 16 games are now going to lose out to guys who are doing something a little bit less amazing in 17 games. And I know everyone's like, the whole point is like TJ Watts, like he missed a bunch of games and he, what he did was amazing anyways. Right. Like right. with his sack record. So I'm not necessarily talking, I'm just, this is just kind of like a, the principle of the thing, Cooper cups, you know, it took him an extra game. Yep. Devontae Adams. Same thing. Yeah. He, I mean, honestly, like he had an amazing season, right. But is it better than Jordy's season that he did in 16 games? I, I don't know. Like it's hard. It's hard for me to say that it is. Right. Um, Tom Brady went for 5,000 yards again, right? It's like, well, you did, but. What do you, you think is going to happen? It's a new reality. It's just hard because you have to go through this this time now where everybody's going to break records on a regular, right, yes. for a couple of years. And then there'll be this one, like, super outlier where somebody rushes for, like, 2,400 yards, right? right. Or yeah. somebody passes for 6,000 yards or so, whatever the name, like it's going to be so far and beyond. And then I think when that happens, everything will reset again. We'll, we'll just kind of forget about the differences. Yeah. It'll be another what, 20, 30 years before that happens where they find another reason to have another NFL game. I oh, wonder what no, happened. With AG, they're going to have 18, bro. They'll have 18 oh, games. Yeah. Within five I years. believe it. I, I, I'm not doubting you because the way the NFL can negotiate with the players, I'm like, what the, what is going on? And I was like, I thought, did I miss something here? Cause I knew, that we would do not want more games. Uh, but the comment on the record breaking is, you know, I just, it's just interesting. The commentators from all around all the channels, you know, from Fox to NFL network to CBS, they're all saying the same thing. Oh my God. Oh my God. This record. Yeah, I think they're paid like, to man. Right. Obviously. I, I think, I think they're forced to, right. That, that is, they're forced to got the producer in their ear. Hey, you bet you got to mention Cooper cup just did this, you know, he did. Yeah. And Devonte just did that. And, uh, you know, and I say to tell it to go on a tangent real quick with, uh, J.J. Watt and his record, you remember you remember the Giants game in oh. 2001 <laughs> when we when Brett gave Mike 93 Stray, blast. Michael, yes, 93 blasts. It was a touchdown, too. 
Yep. I just, I well, just, I, 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 it was a touchdown. You're running right behind me. Right. Hey, <laughs> hey, we out of there. I, and I didn't know this. So you go back and watch that play. I've already told this story, but I'm going to say it again on that play. That Everybody thought it was a play action and it wasn't because yeah, I'm looking yeah. there. I did this and I'm like, where's the ball? And I see Brett fall back, and I'm like, "Did he just do something? What did? I, what did I miss? imagine work? Dude, we worked all game. Yes. Strahan went down the entire line. He couldn't sniff it on Tausch. Nope. So he went down the entire line and tried to get all of us. He did. Couldn't I didn't get know that. Nobody couldn't get nobody. Right? We're killing it. And then good. Oh boy, oh boy, walks over to the other sidelines and he says, "I think he told him like, if you don't call another timeout, because the game was like, let's just get the game over." Yeah, we. we if you don't call another timeout, I'll give up the record. And so yeah, we I, we had a, a chip block, me and Flanagan, and I come off, I hit the linebacker, and I just hear everybody go nuts, and I turn around, and I'm like, "Dude, I me too." I'm looking like I'm like this, like, yeah. what did I just miss? All right, so yeah, get off my off my line with that one, Michael Strahan. Let him know that. Yeah. He was such oh. a good player. Isn't it crazy yeah. how like uh you watch you watch like I watched him, I watched some of his highlights. Yeah. And how big, strong, like what a physical specimen he was, especially in his prime. Yeah. And I, it just makes me wonder like what a guy like that would do to some of these guys now, man. He's he was this is one of those sports where guys have gotten guys are always evolving, becoming more athletic, but the 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 size and the strength of some of these guys is just a little bit different now, man. Like it's Completely. he was a monster. It's completely different. Just imagine me running the ball these days. Oh, it's a different. It is a different sport. It really is a different it, sport. It's a whole different sport with you got guys like myself that are doing what we did. You know, it's just interesting. So that was get off my line right there. And I say players of the game. Um, obviously, I say real quick. I wrote in there, Alan Lazar. He did well. We mentioned him earlier in the game. And then I say quick, just quick and off the top of my nugget, uh, Dean Lowry. He was a guy that showed up. Um, and a guy that has always been there. That's just one thing. He's been doing the same this all year long. Consistency. And then that's one of the that's one of the names or one of the words that pops up when I when I see D- Dean play. He is consistently doing what he's doing. It just now happened at a time where, like you said, uh, unexperienced old alignment, alignment is in front of him, and he's done this all year to guys. And this is what happens when you got that inexperienced player in front of a, an experienced player. Yeah, he's he's you know. Eyes down, head forward, bull rush, jumping gaps. He just played well. He's he's been as as good a surprise as you know, probably not as heralded as as Campbell, but as as far as maybe expectations and production, like he's just been amazing. He's had a really really solid season, man. Happy yeah, yeah. I remember when he came in. He's from uh, I believe what he's from Illinois originally, and I think he went to Northern Illinois. So he's a right down the street kid. Um, hard worker, as you saw, as you've been seeing. I mean, I'm happy for him too. I was able to talk to him and meet him his rookie year. Like I said, hard worker, just a grinder, one of them grinder in uh, in terms of defense alignment. Now we're going to talk about around the league, and we're going to do it wild card weekend edition here. So we got some fun. I can't wait till the weekend, man. This is going to yeah, be that's gonna be a good one, especially with this the extra one. like with the extra day too, the Monday night game, the Arizona Rams game. Yep, that's new. I'm like, that's going to be sweet. Um, AG, so, got, so I don't, I don't, I don't have the stat line. I don't have the betting lines. They're probably open already, but I don't have them because uh, I, I don't. I think they're going to change. Right, but they will. Let's just go through this. Give me your winner. Yeah. Starting with Raiders at Cincinnati. At Cincinnati, who do you got? I'm going Cincinnati. I'm going okay. Cincinnati on that one. Yeah, I, I think I. Gosh, it's just. Here's the deal. I, here's the only thing I will say about the Raiders, right? I think mm-hmm. Mason Crosby and, and Aguakwe are so much better than the tackles on the Cincinnati Bengals. And Joe Burrow already gives mm. already gives up the most sacks in the league. Oh, so, didn't know that fact. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so those guys, those two guys could be game wreckers for the Cincinnati Bengals offense. To me, Derek Carr is like, I know he doesn't have he doesn't always have like he has these games where you're like, man, is he that good or not? But right. To me, he's like a top eight quarterback. He's really – he just looks like a what you think your quarterback's going to look like. He just looks sure. like he can do it the right way. I know he misses some stuff and blah, blah, blah. But the way that he's galvanized that team when they lost Gruden, I would not be shocked if they upset the Bengals this week, honestly. Right. Now, you know what? I mean, because they've been doing it all year. you know. Yeah. So I wouldn't be shocked either. But I would say if I'm betting on anything, like a sure thing, I'm going to go Cincy. Okay. What all about right. New England-Buffalo? 
This man, is a good this, one. Oh man, this is this is the one where I gotta do in-depth research. I gotta look at like fourth down conversion or mm-hmm. third down conversion defensive. Cause right now I know coming into this, we got a well-coached Bill Belichick, New England, New England Patriots team, um, that's plays solid defense and they do they get what they can with the offense. And then Buffalo, Josh Allen has now is transgressing into that uh, now elite conversation with other quarterbacks. He's he's getting there. He's not there yet, but now he's getting there because he knows what he can do. He can run with his leg. He can hurt the defense with his legs and with his arm. He has that talent like Pat Mahomes. He could sling it, you know, sideways for you know regular throw. So, man, I say I'll be honest. I can't really tell, but I'm gonna go with defense here. And Buffalo got a little bit stronger defense and a little bit more. I say experienced defensive back end guys like uh, Micah High, who was here in Green Bay. He's one of those guys that is a solid straight-up player and knows how to lead that team on the defense. So Buffalo, that's where I'm going to go there. Yeah, as long as the weather doesn't throw a monkey wrench into this thing, you would think that – because New England's got a great run defense, but Buffalo doesn't like running the ball anyways. So, you know, you Correct. just got to start playing the numbers. Like, Stephon Diggs, he's got to go off this game. He didn't go off last last time they played him. And, and yeah, I, I – you know, rarely do you pick against Bill Belichick, but I rarely think Buffalo exactly. Buffalo's got to be favored in this game. Um, Definitely points at least, and I, I'm probably who I would bet on. Yeah. So those are the Saturdays. So so yep. Sunday you got you got the Eagles, who you know just philosophically I love going down to play the reigning uh, Super Bowl champs in Tampa Bay, and I actually think this is going to be a super close game. Oof! Why is that? I want to know. Because, why. I'll tell you why because. Because I think that the the Eagles have demonstrated that they're willing to change offensive identity hmm. given their personnel in a way that I mean, aside from the Ravens and Harbaugh, like who else is really willing to do this? Like True. look look at the guys who just got fired. They're not, none of them are willing to change. Right. Right. So yeah. I have a lot of time for that. The problem is you just don't know. And obviously. You got the Antonio Brown deal. Yeah, you, you got that. Right? You, you got Godwin's out, yep. you, and you start going, okay, well, Fournette's out. Is, is, for, is Fournette going to be healthy? So Correct. they have. T- you never bet against Tom Brady, but I just think that the Eagles are going to be able to run the ball, even though I know they just Vita Vita just got paid again, and they've got Sue, and they've got all these guys, but that uh, their two tackles, Lane Johnson and Mylata. Uh, my oh my mm-hmm. God! I mean, they are mountain, yeah, mountains of men. And if you can run and just hold the clock, keep Brady off the field, like what's always been the formula, beat him up front, right? Right down the middle with Fletcher Cox. And they actually have two inside pass rushers that can get the job done. Mm -hmm. And then, dude, just get him off the field and they can keep the ball out of his hands. So I, I I mean, I don't think, I don't know if Philly actually beats him because I, you know, Tampa's Tampa, but gosh, man, this should be a really, really close game. Yeah, this is gonna, that's going to be a close game. I say me, I, I kind of hear you on the Philly side, and uh, it's because everybody knows the game plan to beat Tom Brady. You know, get him off his spot, and then obviously put pressure on him. So, I say for the one upset of the day, I would take this one right here. This would be the potential upset Philadelphia at Tampa. Oh well, then that, this works out perfect because I would have thought the upset would have been San Fran at Dallas. So you tell me, you think Dallas is going to win? Uh, no. I'll be honest, because it's just been <laughs> uncertain. It's like it's an uncertain because I watched them get beat by the Denver Broncos in their stadium earlier uh, midseason. You know, for, I think it was right at the end of September or going in October. It was it was right around October, and so I'm at that game. I'm in the stands watching this game, and I'm like, "Where's the offense at?" It was no offense, and they have an offense. They have Dak Prescott. They got uh, Ezekiel Elliott. They had they're stacked. Uh, the, they're they stacked. stacked receivers. Amari Cooper. Um, CD Lamb, they have they have the guys you want to stretch a defense or run against a defense. You have guys to do that. And you have an old line behind that, and it just didn't work. So San Francisco's coming off a I say a good week, a good game. I believe they 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 because the Rams yesterday. That was a monster yeah, they, game. Yeah, they beat the they beat the Rams in LA. So that like I said, their momentum, they got momentum behind them. So they could come down to Dallas and be like, you know what, we're taking this train, we're keeping this train all the way to Green Bay. Basically, whatever may happen for us, that's how they're playing. So I say there's no upset here. I say just San Francisco because they they got the heat right down behind them. Yeah, I like San Fran. They're going to get uh, Trent Williams back, his best tackle in football right now. Um, their offensive line is, is 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 a good is a good unit. 
versus Dallas. So Dallas is an opportunistic defense, right? So if you don't turn yeah. the ball over, the problem is Jimmy G might turn the he, ball over. True. But they've got that one guy, Debo Samuel, right? Like he's he a is a game wreck. He's like a Steve Smith game wrecking type. Yes, right? he is. So he's the kind of guy that could just ruin their 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 uh, ruin their whole defensive plan. Now we're kind of seeing that that uh, that Diggs is getting beat on double. Like he's a little bit of a liability. Like he has the most interceptions. He also gives yep. the most yards. Like you have these kind of opposing dynamics that because he's focusing might come more into on the play during during the playoffs, right. Right. right? And then and then I look at I look at the Dallas Cowboys offensive line is a good offensive line. They are always battling injuries, so it's almost like you have to expect that. Brian Smith might be out. Lyle mm-hmm. Collins might be out. like something might happen during the game if they're not if they if they even start the game at all or try on at least. And then I go, okay, well, we've got we've got uh, Nick Bosa, we've got um, Aker. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got like they, they have got, guys, right? They have guys on the other side that can uh, pass. Uh, Armstead, Armstead. Arm, that's there. what I'm talking about. Armstead, yeah, Armstead, like 91, dude. That guy is a, a man. problem. <laughs> He's like a problem <laughs> along the lines of play as Campbell problem because he's yes, that kind he of is. build. Big dude. So for guards, dude, that dude is an absolute unit, right? DeForest Buckner problem, same thing. Like when those yes, guys were together, it was even crazy, exactly. right? Yep. So I I think they can hold up. It took Ezekiel 17 games to get a thousand yards. They're not running the ball particularly well. And it's either hot or cold with Dak. Like I can see these guys. Again, I think there's so we talk about pressure and we talk about confidence and everything mm-hmm. that goes into going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. When have the and I know I think I've said this Dak Prescott I think is an incredible leader. The pressure that comes with being a Dallas Cowboy right Ooh. now with Jerry Jones and all the stuff he puts on that team and all the attention and all the dynamics mm-hmm. and all the talk about Mike McCarthy and all the talk you know blah 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 goes mm-hmm. on. It's almost like if anyone's gonna fall off, you just you almost bet on them, even though you think, man, you're so talented. How are you gonna lose? Right. And it's that same pressure that, that sometimes, but you know, in the in the team that we play for, you know, the Packers, yeah. because it's such that, you know, they refer to the Packers and Cowboys organization like the Yankees of of football, basically. So that pressure can be there, and instead of being in the back of the mind, it's right in the forefront of the mind, you know. For yeah, but that, the, but the difference is we don't we don't Mark Murphy is not over there true beating the drum all the time, you know. Correct. Like our, you don't have an owner that's always. The publicity is the number one thing. It's different, right? Yeah, it's different. But he's I, everywhere. I hear what you're saying. The expectations are super, super high. And you have to live up to those expectations. That's part of being a pro, right? Yeah, that's part of being a pro. And you learn how to deal with that. We all manage that very well. But the next game here, we got the Chiefs and the Steelers coming in. So what you got here, Mike? Okay, I think, listen, I think that Mike Tomlin might have won coach of the year. Wrapped it up yesterday with that team going to the playoffs. True. I mean, you, 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 they have nobody. Their, their, their roster is not a playoff roster, right? Like you punching above your weight a lot, a lot. Claypool and still so developing. They, I think they're going to get know. blown out. I think the right. Chiefs will blow them out. But you just go like, hats off to you, Big Ben. Congratulations on a great career, Mike Tomlin. You're an amazing coach. I mean, obviously the 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 what you're able to do with the, with the personnel that you have right now, yep. even the plays that kind of saved the day yesterday, you think about like how Mika Fitzpatrick, like, like punched that ball out on the sideline to make sure that they didn't get a score at the end of the half. Like those little things that you don't necessarily see on some of these other teams, like it's right. a big deal, man. It's a really it's big huge. deal. It's huge. All right. You want to finish this off, Mike, with the last Yeah. So, here? yeah. So this will be, I think this will be a great game. This Arizona LA game is going to be a great Monday game. night football. Yeah, I, I'm very excited there. Monday Night Football. I'm excited that we get to listen to Lewis Riddick do a, a Monday Night game, man. He's he's. I think yes. he's, right, he's probably the best in the business for my money. That's right one of now. my yep, one of my yeah. faves. Yeah, he's the, he's the best. Greg Olson's doing a great job. Tony mm-hmm. Romo's obviously does a great job as well. I th- I'm really impressed with Greg Olson. Hold uh, on a sec. Hold on, Mike. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Be, I'm almost done though. About to wrap this up. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. No problem. But yeah. but the, I was just gonna say real quick. I think. Kyler Murray wins the game. I think Arizona Cardinals win the game. You keep watching Matthew Stafford and like it's pick. He just has these unexplicable turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. He has got Cooper cup. Yeah. He's got all these offensive weapons. Yeah. I mean, you got OBJ, but you just, I watched that game yesterday, man. I was like, dude, the dude's going to lose the game for you. And I don't feel, I think Kyle Murray can win games for you. Even when we lost to the Packers, like, yeah. AJ Green lost that game for him on that last play. Right. Like he, he he was, he, he was right here dialed in. 
He was somewhere else. But yeah, I agree with uh with you on that pick right there. Arizona, Kyler is a guy who is uh, say he has a winner mindset. He's gonna yeah. find himself in the position and he's smart about what he does, you know, between throwing the ball and his run decisions. When he runs, he doesn't really break the pocket to break the pocket. He breaks the pocket to get guys open before he breaks the line of scrimmage. And then he either slides when it's the time to slide or he gets himself out of bounds. He doesn't take no hits at all. So I know I like I like the way he uses, you know, the D hop, getting him open and then the run game with uh with a uh, Connor. Those guys are doing their job there. And defensively, they got one of the I say one of I say not the top defense, but a good, really good defense in terms of speed. The guy who I like on their defense is Isaiah Simmons. He's just a, you know, a, freak. he's a freaky freak of nature in terms of tall, lanky and can run. Um, so he's playing slash safety linebacker. You know, he's a hybrid, basically, which you could say at that position now. Um, so that's what I like. And like you said, with uh, Stafford, he just shows up to where it's like, is this Detroit? You know, is it was it the team right. or was it him? You know, yeah. you're trying to question. You'd be like, no, well, I was but- definitely Detroit, but it's like you right. can't get rid of it, right? Right, exactly. It's like, you know, it's like it's like when you go outside and you get sunburned real bad. It's like you, just because you go inside, don't mean you're not sunburned anymore, man. Like it, it's still there. It just stays with you for a while, dude. Yeah, you know, just it just and it, and I and, it, and I narrow it down to his decision making. Sometimes throwing the ball, because sometimes you know better. Even we know better. We weren't even quarterbacks. We know okay, this is not a time to try to throw it into that coverage or just throw it out of bounds or take the sack, you know, do one or the other. Cause I remember the one back a few months ago where they're playing against the Titans in LA, he's yep. getting slung around the end zone, either take the safety, hold on to the ball, just take the two points, but don't give up the six. He throws it, takes up and it's a, it's a pick six right there. Cause they're on in there already in the end zone. So, you know, with those factors in there, that's where I'm like, Arizona is going to come to play, even though it's on the road, okay. it's not far. It's not a far flight. Obviously, a divisional game again, because you know, it's the divisional wild card weekend. So right there, yeah, that's that, that, that game AZ. mattered. That game mattered to them, though. It did. That that game mattered to them yesterday. And when he threw that pick, when he was throwing that ball to OBJ, OBJ got over the top of that dude. Didn't give him a chance, right? No. And that and listen, he's a he's a I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but he's he's an amazing talent. He's had an amazing career, and. It's just sometimes you're like, geez, man, like you, you got to make that. If you want to win the big game, you've got to make yeah. that play. Yep. Yep. So we, we kind of know who's playing next weekend. So we don't really run, need to run through the rest of the around the league. That was pretty much yeah. around the league right there. Cause those are the teams going to be back up on slate for wild card weekend for the next week for, so I would say, Hey, that's the show. We just wrapped it up. Um, So Mike, man, I hope you have a good rest of your week. I know I'm just starting to back at esports you know, at campus. We're all masked up and everything, but had our first morning practice. And then we got one later today, getting ready for all them video game things that I know you probably, you let your kids play video games. Question. Just do Dude, I'll be honest with you, man. They don't, they don't even want to. Oh, it's good. Nuts. No, it's nuts. I don't know if it's good right. or not. Like I, I they don't even want it. We didn't even hook, like, we don't even hook it up. Like we have right. an Xbox. I think it's an old one, but we have an Xbox. Right. We don't hook it up. Oh, well, Hey, and that's a they they're active. That's like I was. I was active. I was out running, running, running. I don't know if they're. Track. I think they just substitute with a damn phone. <laughs> <laughs> that could be it. There you go. Yeah, there I you go. Know. But gosh, oh, man, it's, it's tough. I, I watch some of the stuff you put out, like you put out on 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 social media, and I'm like, I just I just give it a like, man. I just give it a thumbs up. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. Sometimes. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> you. <laughs> he's like look i don't know what it is i'm gonna support my boy though that, that's, that's right. why i love you man that's why i love you so uh enjoy the week and enjoy the games that we're both going to be talking about next week getting ready for the packers then in two weeks they'll have whoever you know from the nfc bracket to come into lambo field because they got that home field advantage oh i know you wanted to talk about that second seed not getting a First round by real oh, quick, and yeah. we can end that, the show real quick. Oh, get off my well, lawn. Listen, we left. We skipped over that one. That was a get off my lawn, and yeah. I gotta just tell you, the seventeen games is gonna go to eighteen games. They're gonna find a way for to go from seven teams to eight to whatever it is, because they gotta add a game because you get paid more. And but like, there is a finality about the end of the regular season that matters yes. right yeah there's a there it's like if you let everybody in is everybody special nobody's special right it's, it's that kind of mentality <laughs> right and and the the seat the second seed getting the buy was a massive deal that was huge. and i know it and, and i know by my by my own logic this should make this first seed a more massive deal and it is 
but mm-hmm. you you kind of think about because of the way the NFL is structured and we have four divisions in each conference, right? And like the Green Bay Packers play in a pretty bad division, right? And yeah. the NFC West is a pretty good division. So I would argue that the second place team 50-50 probably should get that bye week because it's such an advantage. And I just I always like the idea that you were two games from the Super Bowl. And, and so right. I just That's and huge. the other thing is I'm just anti-expansion of the league games. And I just I just don't I just wish that the players, you know, it's just like they're doing this in FIFA right now. They're trying to make the World Cup every two years. And I saw that, like, yeah. The players are like, are you serious? Like, do you want good quality or do you want us to just be good for like five years and all have to retire? And I feel like that's what they're doing with the NFL. The players are so you're so caught up in the moment. You don't understand. Like the more games you play, Mm -hmm. the more meaningful games you play, the shorter your career is going to be. If you play a physical position, if you play linebacker, safety, running back, lineman, like defensive lineman, tight end, it's like quarterback. No kicker. No, maybe guys who are, maybe guys who are making the decisions. Maybe that's a problem. Maybe not. Right. Right. If I have to play an extra game or two every single year, I'm cutting games off the end of my career. I'm cutting exactly. Zeros, right. I'm cutting zeros. I'm cutting a lot of commas off the end of my career. Is it I E R practices? That, dude. I E R two a day practices. <laughs> yes, I just don't. Learn, I don't know if they understand all that. It doesn't make sense. So we'll end on that note. Uh, Green Bay Packer on my block at Green Bay Packer podcast. My along with your host Amon Green and my good friend and teammate Mike Wall. Man, hey, catch you next week to talk about the divisional wild card weekend and then getting ready for the first round um, by Packers after that man so have a good week Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is your moment. Your moments move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEF. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.